And yay. Three. Give me a clap. Or- Wait, let's do it at the same time. Wait, ready? Three, two. No, you're supposed to do it at, at like one. Okay, ready? Three, two. You're bad at this. Well, it's not going to sync because <laughs> we're on different continents. It- <laughs> Damn it. Hey, can I start with a quote? Yes. This is the thing that I've heard and used like at work things, but I think it's it's pretty applicable to like you and I and the do the thing mentality in the podcast. It's the quote is anything that worth that's worth doing is worth doing badly. <laughs> Where, yeah, that's definitely applicable. <laughs> and and the point is like if it's something you really want to do and you really care about, then like it's worth starting even if you start doing it really badly, and eventually you'll get better. That's so true. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I like that. Where'd that quote come from? I don't know, the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Always the journalist. Okay, so, hey, Mika. Hello. We're back. Hello, I'm here. We went on hiatus for a little bit. Yeah, uh, we were, like, in person and then not in person, and then, you know, things happen, I guess. I know, it's my fault, mostly. I have been doing entirely too many things. I blame Samantha. (laughs) That's a nice change of pace. I think I'm going to call this season three. Okay. Every time we go on a hiatus, we're going to make it a new season. Okay, this is uh, summer 2022. Season three. Yeah. 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 That's it. Season three. Here we go. I have been cheating on you a little bit. I uh, started another podcast. I know. Yeah. So I started this podcast called Walls Plus One, and it's for the place that I'm working now, The Walls Project. It's been pretty fun. I've enjoyed it. And guess who was uh, on one of my episodes? That's a trick question. I have no idea. The most famous bike person in Baton Rouge since since you're gone. That's generous. I bet it was Mark Martin, wasn't it? (laughs) It was Mark Martin, yes. Mr. Bike himself, yes. Mark came by and we talked about transportation. And the reason why we talked about transportation is because the podcast is basically focused on, pretty much the whole first season is focused on the systems of poverty or the symptoms of poverty, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So all of these different areas of society that are problematic to the point of creating poverty. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It's always great when you have to explain your podcast with the disclaimer of, does that make sense? Yeah. So the first episode was talking about equal pay, which is, you know, of course, my favorite topic being that, you know, I'm one of them folks that tends to get the lower end of the financial spectrum. And then I think like third or so, Mark came on. We talked about transportation. We talked about car culture. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. And I actually stole your quote. I stole the quote that you gave during the one rouge call where you talked about freedom you should explain it because i probably did a poor job it sounds like a challenge who can do a poor job but (laughs) you know anything worth doing is worth doing badly so so he goes um, the gist of the wasn't a quote i guess it was a it was a it was a rant it was a statement it was a statement yes but basically for america being you know the country of you know quote unquote freedom you know guns and eagles and hamburgers and you know all that kind of stuff (laughs) Um, hamburgers <laughs> hamburgers i don't know i don't know hamburgers okay. when it comes to transportation america is one of the least free countries in the whole world where for most people in most places in america your transportation choice is to buy a car and drive the car you don't even get to choose hey i might want to walk because there's no sidewalks you it's hard to choose i want to bike because there's no bike lane so you have to share the share the road uh you can't don't get to choose i want to catch a bus or a train because it doesn't exist you're just forced to choose the bike 
and you don't even realize that, that it's a choice. This is just a thing that you do. It's like, I guess I'm going to wake up and breathe today and also drive. You know, it's just not a thing you think about. Yeah. It? I figure since you don't listen to our podcast because you say you've been there, you kind of have to listen to my new podcast because you weren't there. I have been got, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I think you'll want to listen to it because it's it's Mark. Why wouldn't you want to listen to it? That's true. What have you been doing since you got home? Because that's what I've been doing, basically, and keeping me from talking to you. What have you been doing? So I've been doing all the things. So All the things. All wow. the things. We'll get to the big thing in a little while. There's murky news, which you'll you'll appreciate because you get to say murky. Murky news. Yeah. Murky. So, so I, I've talked a lot about how, you know, the reason I moved to Finland is because I assumed I'd read about like life here is better, easier to live and like people are happy. And I was like, you know, sure, I could, I could try that, I guess. I, it's just what I read. I, you know, I, I didn't know if it was going to work out like that. And it turns out it has even more so than I expected. And, and I had a great example of that when I returned home from my trip. So Jennifer, my wife, lives still in the United States and I was there for three weeks. And then I came back over here. And when I get back into the office, my boss says, hey, Mika, let's have lunch today. We need to talk about your travel things with, with your wife. And I was like, oh, this is this is not good. Right? Yeah. Because obviously, I, I guess it's obvious to me. I say obviously, like everybody understands how I feel and what I think. But that's probably not the case. But obviously to me, if my work was to come and say, hey, you need to do less of those or whatever, then I mean, I would just straight up have to find another job. Like they're just not in the cards for me to not, you spend that time over there. I sit down with my boss and he says straight up to me, he says, Mika, your wife lives overseas. You should be there more. What? Right. And that's what? Yeah, I, uh, that was more or less my reaction. Uh, but so his and like everyone else is not just him making the decision there's some other people involved there too but like everyone else is like you know we have people who work here and we want them to keep working here some people value different things some people want more pay some people want you know whatever but clearly for maker it's super important to see his wife you know so yeah. we came up with a kind of a plan or agreement or what have you that um, I can spend up to four months of the year not even necessarily in the United States but wherever I like Obviously, Obviously, I'm, oh my God. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to like you know France and be like, hey, I'm this is great. I'm in France, but my wife isn't here. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, we had that little stipulation in here because later in the year, I'm going to go to Australia, and Jennifer's going to be in Australia with me for a little while too. So. What? Yeah. So you're going back to the to the wait. Never mind. I don't know what they call it. Anyway, and the, the the place of kangaroos. The, there we the go. Place of kangaroos, and. <laughs> It's about darn time, I gotta tell you, because, and I say this with great shame, have I told you how, how long it's been since I've seen my mother? Uh, no. It's been 10 years. 10 years? Right? You are a horrible son. I'm a worse son than I am a husband. <laughs> you abandoned your wife, abandoned your mother, Jesus, Micah. That's pretty bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But hey, talk it's a good thing you're so you're so nice. Otherwise, people might not be down for this. Hey, but hey, talk about freedom. When I lived in the United States, I got two to three weeks of vacation. I still yeah. had enough time to go fly to the other side of the continent just to like go see no. people super easily. Now I can yeah. do that. How long does it take to get to what? what is the trip from America to Australia? At absolute minimum, if you get like a direct flight from Dallas to like Sydney, which is, um, even from Sydney, I have to go somewhere else. And, you know, I obviously didn't live in Dallas. Just that flight alone, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 hours or something like that. Jeez. So it's like an entire day of your trip fully is travel. So that's two full days out of, like, say you have a week to go. I mean, there's just no point going for one week. Absolutely yeah. zero point going right. for one week. Wow. You spend one day of travel getting there, and then you spend 
two days getting over your jet lag, then you have one day to do something, and then you have to mm-hmm. fly back and then spend two more days getting over the jet lag. It's like it's like absolute minimum for a, a trip of that length is, is two weeks if you want to like actually enjoy it and have a good what time. What is the altitude like in Australia? Is it similar to here? Is it is it sea level ish or is it worse? Samantha, you're you're a good friend of mine. That's a really dumb question. <laughs> I'll cut it out. <laughs> Why? So, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I, I guess, I, I don't know if you know how big Australia is, but like, let, let me let me ask you a question. Like, what, what altitude, okay. what altitude is North America? <laughs> What's the, I mean what? to say where you're going, where you're going in Australia. <laughs> you were using Sydney as the example, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and Sydney's just the, the major place where people fly. I live quite far away. My brother lives quite far away from there, but I guess it's... Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's a sea level-ish. I mean, most most of, or, or many of the places and cities that people live are quite close within within 50 or 100 miles of the ocean. So, like, there's there's, there's not great... People don't live on top of mountains in, in, in Australia as a rule of thumb. Oh, don't worry. You don't need to explain anymore, and I'm not going to explain myself because this is totally getting cut out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Didn't didn't we start the podcast with a rule that we were never going to cut everything out? I still really want to listen to that. That was your rule, and I never agreed to such a thing. So it's sad. I mean, but it's 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 true. Nobody wants to listen to us unedited. It's just not going to be a good thing. It's probably yeah. It's probably for the best. Look, if you really want to hear this unedited, send us a message, and we will send you the unedited version of this, so you can listen to us raw and vocally naked. And and at that point, you will truly appreciate the power of editing. Yeah. And at that point, you will say, she is a freaking genius, because she edited the, the hell out of this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so does moms know that you're coming to visit her? She does. Is this like all yeah. confirmed and established? Yeah, yeah, tickets booked and, and, and whatnots, and she's very happy, and we're going to have a good time, and there will be tears, Aww. for sure. Good, you know, happy good tears. Are you flying from Finland? <laughs> it starts here. Is that another dumb it, question? I mean, it starts here, yes. <laughs> But I am I, I am flying through the United States, so I will be in the United States first for a few weeks with Jennifer, and then we'll fly to Australia from there, and then Jennifer will, oh, will fly back she's home. she's coming with you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. You did say that. She's coming. Yeah, it's happening. Got it. It's happening. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to That's time. awesome. Yeah. How long are you, y'all going to be there in Australia? I'm, I'm going to be there about a month, and Jennifer is going to be there two or two and a half weeks or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it's going to be fun. I expect treats. Ooh, you get weird Australian treats? I want weird Australian treats. Maybe a koala. I know you like the salty licorice so much. Have you had Vegemite? <sighs> I do not like the salty licorice at all. I think it's disgusting. And no, I have not had Vegemite. Am good. I saying it right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not good, but you know, it's Australian. <laughs> that should be the slogan <laughs> for like all of Australia. <laughs> do, do, you know, do, you, do you know what Vegemite is? Like, you know it's, what it's made of or do you know anything about Vegemite? No, and I feel like I maybe shouldn't know it. It's a spread you put on bread or toast or something like that. And it's like okay. super full of vitamins and super salty and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But what it actually Why is... Why are you also into the salt? What is up with the salt? I'm not in... No, Vegemite is... This is not... This, Vegemite is bad. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but, um... So, ve- Vegemite, on the, the, the jar of the label, it says... It tells you what it's called. It's yeast extract, yes. right? And how Vegemite was originally made is, in Australia, like in many places, I guess, people drink a lot of beer, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So, you got the giant, like, the, the vat out of the top of beer and then you make the beer and you pour the beer out and in the bottom of the tub there's all this like the leftover yeast gunk someone was Stop like it. someone was like i want to put that on bread oh my god <laughs> 
why yuck <laughs> so yeah that's samantha that's what that's what jennifer is going to bring back home fantastic to i can't wait that sounds <laughs> wonderful make sure it's like the brand is very like it's got a kangaroo on it or something very australian i'll i'll, I'll see what we can sounds do sounds good <laughs> I have so many things to talk to you about. In particular, you sent a person my way. I got an email from a person Uh whose name I I can't remember at the moment, but you'll probably remember it, asking questions about group bike rides. Do you know about this? Yeah, he's Tyler, and he sent you an email asking (laughs) questions about group bike rides. Yes. So I'm very curious about how that came to be. How did I get brought up and dragged into this? Yeah, so uh, Tyler, I guess even before I left Baton Rouge, I hadn't seen Tyler in a couple of years. We used to hang out a little bit and do bike rides and go to the vegan potluck and that kind of stuff. And I I guess he maybe moved out of Baton Rouge, perhaps. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, just random out of the loo, he sent me a message. He was like, Hey, what is a good time to start a bike ride? I guess was the gist of the question. I was like, I can't answer that for you. There's like a, a many different things to consider. And I gave him a, a handful of those things. You know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Who's who's involved and all that kind of stuff. And I said, if you want to actually talk to a person, not that I'm not a person, but you know, I live you know, <laughs> in a different time zone and phones are like kind of hard and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I know a person who's pretty good at putting on bike rides hey. that, that you could probably get in touch with. So I told him to email Mark. Mark wasn't there. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. I, 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 I said it straight. Good to you. job. That was great. <laughs> yeah, he came straight to me and uh, asked me that exact question you just asked. Uh, he said he was l- working on putting together a group bike ride and was trying to figure out the best time to do it. And he was kind of debating between four and five o'clock. So this was my advice. I would think that four o'clock is a little bit early because if you're doing it during a weekday. Way too early. Yeah, it's way too. Nobody's going to be able to get off of work unless, you know, you've got people to get off at like three or you're trying to attract like college kids or something. But also I was thinking you've also got to contend with traffic Mm -hmm. at that time. And you've got people who are getting off of work. Say you even can get people to show up on time. Then they are going to have to then ride on streets that have more traffic than they usually have because people are headed home from work for the day. So the reality of the five o'clock traffic is just something you can't escape unless you live in a super cool I don't I don't even I don't know a city where you can really fully escape five o'clock traffic. Even in the Mecca of Finland, there's traffic at five o'clock, yes? I mean the it, it, yeah the bike lanes are full of people on bikes getting in my way. <laughs> Stupid bikes. Um, (laughs) Five o'clock, I would think you're still kind of pushing it. You know, again, you're at the thick of the cars being on the road. And if you're in an area where you've got a lot of people on bikes, then maybe you'll have a lot of people on bikes in your (laughs) paths and that will work out great. But chances are you're probably going to have to contend with cars. So I told him, you know, my ride starts at six o'clock. And the reason why I pick six o'clock is that it's just late enough for the traffic to be gone, still early enough that you can reasonably give people enough time to get dinner afterwards or they can get home in time if they are early to bed folks like myself i am wanting to be asleep by 9 9 30 not just getting home now i did say that's of course different if you're talking about a weekend ride here's the thing about weekend rides 
They sound like a good idea, but they're generally not because people have shit to do on the weekends. And you would think it would be a lot easier to get them to go out to a, a group bike ride, but I, I don't know. I've not had very much success unless it was a one-time event, like Cranksgiving, for example, which is something you started. And we tried doing it on a Sunday and a Saturday, and I think we've been more successful on Sundays. I tend to find that getting people to show up for weekend rides can be difficult unless you do them either super early in the morning or therefore like a, a really specific purpose like the racing guys I find have an easy time getting people to show up to their group rides on the weekend but that's because it's for the purpose of training or accelerating their speed I don't know what they do because that's just a whole nother world that I'm not part of but you may have better perspective on that but yeah uh, I think the general rule for weekends like the last thing you want to do is have have a ride anywhere in the middle of the day where somebody wakes up in the morning and thinks I really want to do this other thing but I have to stop and then go for this bike ride at some point yeah not gonna do that. exactly if you want to do it on a weekend mm-hmm. then start it early where people can go do the bike ride and then get on with the day or do it late where people can do whatever they want to do and then end the day with a bike ride. Right. A bike ride is a long time commitment. Generally speaking, a good social bike ride where you're kind of moving at a nice slow pace and you're just kind of hanging out, you really don't want that thing to last any less than an hour. Any less than an hour and it's really not worth it. Right. <laughs> you know, you're not going very far. I like to keep my rides around an hour and a half to two hours maximum. Two hours maximum being like you have a stopping point in the middle somewhere where you can rest and get water or hang out or grab a bite to eat or whatever. The one thing he had asked was, or he thought was, you know, giving people time to hang out afterwards, like stop somewhere in the downtown area of their city and let people get food or drinks. I really stopped doing very many food rides, food-based rides, because it's really hard unless you're dealing with something like recently we went and got ice cream. And that was an easy one. That's an easy one to do as a food-based ride because it's quick for the place to fix and prepare and so it's easy to get through a group of like 20 people get them served and then it's quick for them to consume it but like pizza mm, you know you've just added an hour to your ride yeah and and another thing with with food or drinks or anything is like you really absolutely do not want that in the middle of the ride you don't want people having to do that and some people not wanting to participate and waiting for the ride to continue you want to do that at the end of the ride so people who want to eat the pizza can and then the people who don't want to eat the pizza they're like well this ride is over i'm gonna go home now." right and then if you are going to do it in the middle of the ride you really need to make sure that those people who don't want to participate get home safely because that's kind of your obligation as the person who's coordinating this ride i mean at least that's the way i see it if you're going to organize a group bike ride you need to take on the obligation of making sure that those people all one are safe during the ride and two get home safely after the ride so if you're going to stop somewhere in the middle of the ride or if you're going to end the ride and just say all right you know you guys are on your own now you need to make sure that you're stopping and starting at the same location because you're gonna definitely have some people that will want to drive in my ride I have people coming from other parishes and for all the people who are not in Baton Rouge you know they're all are massive amounts of nationwide listeners parishes is the same thing as a county <laughs> or, or for our English listeners, it's kind of like a shot. Okay. Got another one? No, no, I don't even know if that's accurate. Uh, that's it. I don't even know if that's accurate. <laughs> 
But but okay. I'm sure our English listeners will call and let us know. Yes, they will. They will. Send us a message. We'll also send you the unedited version of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay. Basically, you want to really think about, like, how is everybody going to be at the place that they need to be to get home safely? Like, once they get in their cars, hey, you're on your own. But make sure that they can get to their cars. So if you stop at a midpoint and you know it's going to be a long time and some people might want to leave, you know, try to designate one person as the reader back to wherever the cars are parked. But generally speaking, I would try to avoid long mid-ride stops. It's funny that you sent him to me, actually, because I don't know if you know this, but through Bike Baton Rouge, we have built a ride leader training class. Hey. Yeah. And actually, we're going to start doing them on Zoom. We, we we did the first ones in person and the Bike BR board members showed up and that, that was it. <laughs> That was it. But we did not do a really good job promoting it because I was very nervous, quite frankly, of what my material was. And I'm really glad, actually, that first one was just the board members because we went through the whole program and thought of some additional notes and additional things to add into it. And it's just going to be an online Zoom session that will be an hour and a half presentation part and then an hour and a half in-person event um, if you are within the Baton Rouge area, if you are outside of Baton Rouge and you are on your own <laughs> but but the uh, online portion should really be all you need the in-person part is to basically just let you have the opportunity to lead a mock ride and let you kind of get the experience of what it's like before you're actually put in front of a group of people and made to pretend like you know what you're doing do you do you plant people into that group ride who are like super loud and not paying attention and stuff? I mean besides myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely want to present people with a big one that happens is what what do you do if somebody tries to jump out in front of you and try to like they want to go faster than the pace that you're setting as the leader, mm -hmm. which happens quite a lot. Yep. And unfortunately, telling somebody, "Okay, you're the leader now," doesn't always work. <laughs> Uh, usually they end up creating a little more chaos than anything. So how to respond to somebody without, you know, hurting anyone's feelings, I guess, or creating a problem. Then also how to communicate with the person who's leading up the tail of your ride is another part of it. Mm -hmm. So we created some new terminology, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah, quite enjoy this. So we have the ride leader. That makes sense. Uh -huh. And then we have the sweeper. Ooh. Yeah, the sweeper is a term that we have taken from the skiing slash snowboarding community. And it is something that they do at the end of the day. They have a person who goes down the slope and basically, you know, yells out, the slopes are closed, the slopes are closed, and basically sweeps everyone off the mountain. Mm -hmm. Okay, so <laughs> feels weird to say. It doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. Mountain? What's that? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so we have adopted that terminology as well, and we're calling the last person of the ride the sweeper. So now at the beginning of the ride, we designate four people have titles on the ride. You have your ride leader, you have your sweeper, and then we have two more people. What do you think they are? Are they corkers? They are corkers. Right. You want to explain a corker? Yeah. Can I can I use Tina's words to describe a, a corker? Please. Corkers are very smiley, happy people who wave nicely at cars so that everyone has a good time. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, that's it. And we came up with a thing for corkers, actually. So to really make corkers safe, we are hoping to provide them with a safety vest. So one of those yellow little strap-on vests. And then also a ping pong paddle. All right. I dig it. Yeah, a red ping pong paddle that they can hold up as a stop sign because apparently getting one of those stop signs like the ones the traffic cops have is um actually not an easy task like you have to go through a whole like course and all kinds of stuff oh, and like you have to be like uh legit you can't just walk out in the street with a stop sign apparently yeah. weird but they'll, let, they'll yeah. let any crazy person in a ping pong paddle apparently uh, exactly yeah. so ping pong paddle red ping pong paddle and most of them come red anyway so you just hold that up just something to give you a little sense of a authority so those are the roles the leader the sweeper and the corker are the new things that we've created and one thing that we're working on getting as well is a first aid kit for every ride leader so basically like the whole point of this class is tyler right Mm -hmm. so he wants to start a group bike ride he's focusing on like what time to start it on but you know does he know all these other little things that go into like well you know what do you do if somebody gets hurt on your ride what do you do if half of your ride splits off and you don't realize it and you turn around and you're like where'd everybody go you know all of these different little things that can happen along the way if you were to take this you know hour and a half online zoom class you would be better prepared for it and also we'd provide some tools for you so that you could have the safest ride possible because i mean ultimately that's the goal of a group ride right is if people are safe and happy and have a fun time then they'll be more likely to ride a bike again in the future and then i will add my my mantra for group rides is i know you don't 100 percent agree with samantha but but I'll, I'll say it anyways oh god if everyone on that group side was perfectly comfortable the whole time you were doing it wrong well no i agree with that too i have a rule when it comes to the winter bike rides and that's if it's 50 or below we don't go (laughs) because when it hits 50 in louisiana it gets too cold to want to be on a comfortably want to be on a bike nobody ends up coming and i think that i need to come up with something for the summer too because i think we have decided that if it's above 90 then we're not going if it's above 90 blimey it's too hot no that's not good (laughs) a for effort though right no, no, that's like a C plus at best. <laughs> you know, it's just not comfortable. Although, like I said, we went on a, an ice cream bike ride last week and it was really good. We went to this place called Gail's Fine Ice Cream. Oh my gosh, it was delicious. Their whole thing is that they make um, small batches. It was delicious. I loved it. I, I do. I never met an ice cream I didn't like. I've not either. Ice cream. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, it made me think of the days where we would go in the middle of summer, sweat our butts off, and then go put up uh, the hammocks and lay under the trees. Oh, that was lovely. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, I wish I was in a hammock right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Well, next time we talk, let's talk about what you have planned for the summer because I know it's gorgeous, beautiful ridiculously awesome weather over there right now yeah, hate you it's, it's it's pretty nice i tell you it is so hot this year yeah this year it's just been dry my rain barrel has been practically empty it's been said this whole summer i don't know if jennifer has told you about this but it's been hot jennifer, jennifer has mentioned quite often that it's been hot actually <laughs> <laughs> she loves the heat yeah. well that's all i got all right do you want to say anything else no i'm gonna eat dinner it's gonna be great i'm hungry Thank you for being a friend.
travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Dun, dun, dun. And if you do a party. <laughs> We've got the... Uh... I think I think I think that's the new theme. I think one one podcast, like just like one time, it just has to start with that. He invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift will be for me, and the card attached would say, "Thank you for being a friend." There you go. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye, my friend. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for doing this, as always. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Oh, there she is. Madam Bad Timing. Okay. <laughs> she is the worst timing.